Hey, this is Travis Curry, and you're listening to Not Religious Podcast. Almost like <laughs> someone mashed up two different recordings, like Tom Sawyer and Oceans. <laughs> My favorite part of that video is the chick is unfazed by she, what is happening. She almost looks irritated, like she has to deal with this every week. I, <laughs> there's a part of me that wants to say that that's not real. Part of me wants to say that it's very real. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the interview, but there's an interview with that drummer. What? Yeah, somewhere. I'll have to pull it up and and, and watch it later. But welcome to the Not Religious Podcast. Yes. Fez, I'm Blake. I'm Brian. And uh, Claire sent that to us yes. this week. We had a funny discussion about it. So, hey, Claire. Hi. How you doing? Yes, welcome to the Not Religious Podcast. I'm glad that we had so much fun last. I had a lot of fun last week Did you? doing that. I I'm think glad it, you it was well received. I had several texts about last week's episode. People said they really enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Um, we left out some stuff. A whole lot of stuff. Yeah. I did. Did you know that there's one about Lady Lady Gaga? It doesn't shock me, but what is the the conspiracy with Lady Gaga? Kind of like the uh, uh, Paul McCartney. That she died? She died, What's and this that? person is taking over. They said Avril Lavigne. It's the same thing. Yeah. Huh. Maybe they're just... The conspiracy theorists want that to happen so bad that they just... They like, start put picking, it, picking someone new. Every, yeah, every few years, it's someone else. It's, it's always someone whose appearance has changed. Yeah, they think they died. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just, a different... That's their replacement. Right. Because the, they don't have plastic surgery or anything. No. <laughs> but uh, I read the thing on Lady Gaga. It's real interesting. Yeah. Bradley Cooper wasn't involved. He wasn't involved? Mm-hmm. Oh, because no. of the movie. I was going to say, literally, he, I don't think Oh, he, but that's the new thing. Like, they're an item. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, he left his fiance or wife. No or way. Whoever he was sleeping with. I, I find it more interesting that he's the voice of Rocket Raccoon. He is, but he's not. I always forget that he, that's him. He is, but he's not. It's tweaked a little bit. Not a little bit. I mean, he's... A it's, lot of it. Yeah. 
It would be just like you and I talking into a microphone mm -hmm. and then an audio engineer coming in and manipulating it. So why did they even pick him? I don't know. Anyway. It's not like he does the voice. It's not so like he like... He just reads the lines. Right. And they, they doctor it up. Yeah. Hmm. It's not like he does the voice. And it's not like Kermit the Frog. Right. Where there's a guy actually doing the voice. And see, all this time, I just trusted Hollywood to think that that was what they, that was what they did. They brought him in and he... Had this whole no, you know, he was, he's no he was Seth McFarlane. He's going to be the new Mark Hamill, you know? or Mark Hamill. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, last week was a lot of fun. This week is so much darker and more in, intense, and there's really sad things going on here, but some I, really funny things. I read someone. You said Mark Hamill. I'm sorry. I have to stop. Yeah. Because I ahead. read Mark Hamill. Yeah. Someone. I read something where someone was bashing Mark Hamill, not bashing, but like, um, giving him a hard time or no, like they were like, Who, who's Mark Hamill? What has he done since star Wars? And uh, I was everything. like, they must really not know. <laughs> they don't know. But anyway, that's yeah. For those of you who don't know, Mark Hamill, who played, uh, who played, oh, and currently plays Luke Skywalker in the star Wars movies. Also voices the Joker for a lot of things. A lot of animated movies, the 90s Batman cartoon, he was the Joker. The Arkham video games, he played the Joker. Um, he does a lot of voice a lot of acting. It. He was the voice of Chucky in the new Child's Play movie, too. Right. So, fun facts for you. I got a pocket full of them. Pocket full of them. Pocket full of them. Pocket here, pocket All here. Right. But this week, um, we are going to do a deep dive. And I say deep dive because I have a butt ton of notes here that I'm so excited to talk about. We're going to talk about the satanic panic of the 80s and the 90s and kind of carry it over into the 2000s a little bit, maybe early 2000s. It's not as, I don't think it's as prevalent as what it used to be. You don't think it is? No, not not as much of a scare as what it used to be. I think people have started to come around a little bit, but this is a really funny time period for Christianity, I think. Yeah. Um, do you remember the satanic panic from back I do. then? I do. You lived it. I lived it. Yeah. Because remember, I'm old. Yeah, you're the old guy. Um, but hey, you know, before we get to that, <laughs> before we get to that, I do have a news story I want to share with everybody. Um, pretty excited about. This is so funny. The, st the original story is not funny. This is funny. Um, so I'm sure by now you've, most of you have probably seen the video of the family getting in a fight at Disneyland. You know? It's not funny. That part's not funny. But what I'm about to read you is hilarious. So, yeah, there's a family. It looks like there's an argument. There's a lot of fists being thrown. And finally someone, after, God, at least a minute or two, Someone, excuse me, finally jumps in and kind of breaks it up. Dude, it, no, it's longer than a minute. Really? Yeah, it it's like, forever. So someone finally jumped in and broke it up or whatever. Anyway, so according to InsideTheMagic.net, family involved in Disneyland fight denies it ever happened. It didn't. <laughs> 
Mandela effect. They really deny it. Yeah, they deny it ever happened. It's only been a few days since a violent fight broke out at Disneyland's Toontown. But even after a video of the fight went viral online, the family that was allegedly involved denies that it ever happened. Not my president. <laughs> Police are currently investigating a violent fight that broke down, uh, broke broke out over the weekend involving a family visiting Mickey's Toontown, a land of Disneyland that caters to the entertainment of toddlers and young children. There's little kitties running around the whole time that this dude's just wailing on this lady. He, not just a lady. He like, Several ladies. Several women. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gave several women the business. Yeah. The video went viral shortly after it was posted on July 7th and shows a man punching a woman in the face after she spat on him during an argument. Mm. The video, taken by a bystander, shows the entire fight as well as other bystanders in the surrounding area. Police report that the family was, quote, uncooperative with police whenever authorities were called into the park after the fight took place. According to Anaheim Police uh, Police Sergeant Darren Wyatt, because there was no video documentation of the fight available at the time, police arrived at the theme park. No arrests were immediately made. Now the family involved is denying that the fight ever took place at all. That, that's awesome. <laughs> so this is the, they. This is according to their um, their uh, Twitter, the Anaheim Police Department's official Twitter. Uh, not a joke. What fight? There, <laughs> there has to be an investigation. The parties involved all denied anything occurred, and were and, and we were not there to witness it. The videos that were not available at the moment make things clear, and that and the case has been presented two prosecutors what what fight yeah <laughs> not my present i wasn't even there <laughs> since the fight since the fight occurred uh, we've learned that all the people involved were members of the same family and even though there is no video proof of the altercation um those involved are denying that the fight ever happened this week the anaheim police department presented the case to the orange county district attorney's office for review and prosecution so there you go never happened apparently according to the family not my fight no they weren't fighting. Look, <laughs> uh, he he throws some haymakers. Dude, he wailed on. He's a big dude, dude. Yeah. What did you say about the the guy? So, like, <laughs> people are just standing around watching, mm -hmm. and you can tell. I mean, he's a he's a big dude. He's probably six three, six four. Yeah. Um, and he's I mean he's just he's like, oh, you hit my mama. You hit mom, and then he just punches this woman in the face, Gosh. and then I mean, I mean, he punches several, several women in yeah. the family. At yeah. least they're all related, I guess. But um, so there's the, the people are just watching it, yeah. Like, and not to be sexist, a woman could have stepped in, but there's grown men standing around oh, just yeah. watching this transpire, yeah. watching this guy wail on women until. Like this big, this dude is, <laughs> he is the size of a refrigerator. I mean, he is just, but he's like, he's about six, seven. Yeah. He, he looks down to the dude. Yeah. Uh, he's just a, he's a huge, huge human being. <laughs> he steps in and then they finally like, he gets behind him and like puts him in a chokehold and chokes the guy out or whatever. <laughs> and it, so he lets him go on the ground and after the guy kind of regains his wits about himself, because he, he just, yeah. you know, lost consciousness for a few seconds, <laughs> he gets up. He's like, who choked me out? Who choked me out? <laughs> and he turned and he pointed at the dude. He's like, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, well done, sir. You yep. choked me out. You did a good job choking me out. I will, I'm going to go over here and hit another woman, because I am <laughs> definitely not going to hit you. 
Maybe you like being choked out. I don't know. <laughs> it, it was sad, but yeah. entertaining. Yeah, entertaining nonetheless, and entertaining that the family denies that it ever that's happened to. The, that's it's the entertaining awesome. part. <laughs> what are you talking about? It never happened. Anyway. What fight? What fight? What Disney? <laughs> What's Disney? Define Disneyland. <laughs> what does that mean? Never been. Never been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so... Brian, Satanic Panic. What can you tell me about the Satanic Panic? Like, what do you remember living in that? So, time? the the biggest thing I remember about Satanic Panic um, dealt a lot with um, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, Zelda. Yeah. Um, anything, anything that was magical. Yeah. Or anything, even the never-ending story mm-hmm. was... Listen, con- before we before we <laughs> proceed any further, okay. have you finished Stranger Things yet? No. Okay. Then you won't understand the never-ending story references then, so please continue. For those of you who have finished Stranger Things, just want you to know I'm laughing right along with you. Okay. <laughs> I'm on episode four. Okay, you're getting there. Yeah. So... That's that's the kind of stuff I re- I remember, I you know what, and I can't say this because I wasn't really alive in the seventies, mm-hmm. but I feel like before, um, all this satanic panic like came about, like there wasn't a whole emphasis on the devil made me do it or yeah. you know that's of the devil or or whatever, I think. Yeah. Church going people stuck to their guns and really didn't speak out on things. And I, I don't think it was until the 70s and 80s that they really started voicing their opinion. Um, I'm not sure when the Gospel Coalition was founded, but something tells me that it was founded around that time. Yeah. M- mainly for that reason. Yeah. To, to, to be a voice for Christians in, in a world filled with Satan. Yeah. That's that's what I I remember about it. heavy metal, of course. So anything, anything like heavy, yeah, was definitely satanic evil. music. Yeah. Even the Beatles, yeah, were satanic if you played their records backwards or something. Yeah, I love that. Made Marilyn Manson kill people or something. Yeah. Um, fast forward now. See, I we weren't super religious. So Halloween and stuff like that really wasn't, you know, a big deal. Yeah. Halloween was just Halloween. But this is Halloween. once I went into a charismatic Christian mindset mm-hmm. and group and environment, Halloween became affiliated with the Satan. Devil. Yeah. Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter is definitely of the devil. Mm-hmm. Um any of that, any Lord of the Rings, so any of that kind of stuff. See, it shocks me that they that you say Lord of the Rings because they're when people compare Harry Potter to say Chronicles of Narnia, they're like, oh, well, that's okay, but Harry Potter is of the devil. They even put Lord of the Rings yeah. in the okay category most of the time. I've heard a lot I, of people I've heard both sides. Of yeah, it. M- mostly if Jesus isn't in it, that's the devil. It's the devil. <laughs> okay, point blank. Period. Blake. Whatever you say. Um, so yeah, the Satanic Panic. These are the events that turned a series of events that that uh, 
basically turned into a modern day witch hunt back in the day. Okay, so in sociology, satanic panic is a phenomenon characterized by widespread fear about the presence of satanic ritual abuse in one's community, state, or country. The recent phenomenon of satanic panic originated during the 1970s and gained traction during the 1980s and 1990s when a widespread belief took hold within the American evangelical Christianity um, with, yes, that a vast underground network of Satanists is in control of secular society. So, in short, like you said, if Jesus ain't in it, it's of the devil. Yeah, so, you know they're saying modern day witch hunt because of the Salem witch trials. Yep. You know, that right. took place. Have you ever read up on that or anything? Here and there. Not too much. You know, the majority of the of the people who were tried and found guilty of witchcraft in the Salem witch trials yeah. came from one main accuser. Really? A little girl, a little, little 13 year old. I think she was a girl. Kids are jerks, man. Right. So yeah, a lot of people died because of one little girl, because of one little girl convinced you know, a town that people were witches. When you say that, I can't remember her name, but you remember the little girl on, uh, I think it was Little House on the Prairie, with the like blonde curly hair, and I wasn't allowed to watch that because it was of the devil. Because it was of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but but do you know who I'm talking? No, about? I've okay, never so seen. I have. I am proud to say I've never seen okay. one episode of that. Okay. Crap. Okay. So I don't know who else to compare it to, but when you said that, that's who I think of. Like I think of. I think of like the Waltons or it, it might have been never seen it might have been the Waltons either way one of those shows had a little girl with blonde hair she had cur- like curly blonde hair and she was like a bully and like everyone hated her and she like told on everybody or whatever that's the little girl I think of and she's okay. got like this stank yeah, that, face that's probably her yeah the resting little girl B face right yeah because <laughs> you she's... can't call a little girl <laughs> <laughs> watch me watch me um, alright so Going to the origins of the satanic panic, let's talk about a few of the key people who kind of got this thing started, okay? Lucifer. Lucifer being one of those people. (laughs) (laughs) He's probably the center focus of this whole thing. Yes. Um, So Mike Warnke, do you remember him? No. He was a Christian comedian from like the 80s Mm -mm. or so. I I wasn't into Christian stuff in the 80s. Okay. So I had never heard of this guy up until like a few months ago. There's a podcast I like called Podcast 1289. They did a whole episode on Mike Warnke. And he wrote a book called The Satan Seller. Okay. And it was a memoir of his days as a quote unquote Satanist. And the reason I say that is because later on down the road, Turned out to be a load of bull crap. So he was a Christian comedian? A Christian gotcha. comedian. So what he would do is he would go around speaking at churches and uh, um, events and gatherings and stuff. And he would, you know, he would do his little comedy spiel or whatever. But he would get into his uh, his days of as a Satanist. His and, testimony. Right. Okay. So... <laughs> So it turned out to be crap. It's total crap. And I'll tell you, so here's here's Mike Warnke's version of what happened, basically, to summarize the Satan seller. Okay. The story goes, Warnke led a large Satanist coven in California in the late 1960s. Of course, in California. In California. Um, he left Satanism after he claims he got too high in the organization and learned too much. Not too high, like smoked too much and got too high, like moved up too far. <laughs> 
Um, but maybe right. he was getting high too. Um, and and learned too much, including his claim to have learned about a shadowy group called the Illuminati at the oh, top man. levels of Satanism. He joined the Navy as a medic, converted to Christianity during boot camp, and served six months in Vietnam. Uh, Warnke had a long, lucrative career from the early 1970s to the early 1990s as both a Christian comedian and a uh, pureported expert on Satanism and was, at least publicly anyway, part of the Baptist, Pentecostal, and Evangelical Christian world. Mm -hmm. Okay? Here's the real version. (laughs) (laughs) So Cornerstone Magazine finally investigated his ex-Satanist claims and found that he was never involved in Satanism. The bombshell article in 1992 effectively put an end to his popularity, although he continues to run a quote-unquote ministry and continues to stand on his story in the Satan Cellar as being true. He further claims that he was the victim of a smear job by Cornerstone. Ah, kind of like Scientology. Right. So what Cornerstone uncovered was during the time he claims in his book that he led the Satanist coven and had a long unkempt... uh, and had long, unkempt hair and fingernails painted black. <laughs> a, a college yearbook photo shows him as a clean-cut student. Um, he was involved in Campus Crusade for Christ before joining the Navy, making his story of converting during boot camp false too. Interviews with his friends from his college days all revealed that his Satanism story was nothing more than a tall tale. He also raised large amounts of money during the 1980s, claiming it was for an underground network to rescue kids caught up in Satanism, but these funds were instead used to fund a lavish lifestyle with no evidence of, um, that he ever had such an underground network um, except on paper. Um, so as a side note, while fans assumed that he was still Pentecostal or evangelical, Warnke had privately converted, uh, converted to Eastern Orthodoxy, going so far as to be ordained in his own independent dom- denomination called the Holy Orthodox Church of Kentucky. so there you go brief history on mike warnke again i never heard of crap christian comedian yeah christian i really don't i've never he was not funny did you you know i looked up no i'd never heard of him until that podcast did an episode on him but i went back and watched some videos not funny not funny maybe it's just i don't know yeah but you don't find john christ funny (laughs) i just it's really hard for me to find any comedian funny. Really? Because well, you think you're so funny? Well, no. It's just <laughs> when you when it's set, the expectation is set. Like, this is a comedian, so I need to laugh. It's like in my head, I'm already putting walls up like this dude's not funny. You know who is funny? Yeah, I know. It's weird. Um, you know who is funny? The guy that did the story about the Russians yes. when he was in college. Yeah. That guy's name. Yeah. That the was, Machine. The Machine. Yeah. <laughs> that so funny that's van wilder yeah that's who van wilder was based off of yep um anyway yeah uh so the next person that's a key point in all this is a man named john todd okay during the late 1970s john todd became a brief sensation speaking in fundamentalist churches claiming that witches druids do you know what a druid is yes um basically like a priest or magician um in the celtic religion um, and the Illuminati were in control of world politics, media, and even most churches. Todd and his claims were also exposed as fraudulent, but he continued to be promoted by fundamentalists like Jack Chick. Now, Brian, do you know who Jack Chick is? I don't. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Jack Chick. I don't have a lot of information about him. <laughs> I love it, okay. dude. You're in a roll. I, I know. I, got a, I told you I got a lot of notes. So Jack Chick, he was an American cartoonist and the owner slash manager slash editor of Chick Publications. 
Chick's publishing house is responsible for hundreds of illustrated evangelical gospel tracks known as Chick Tracks. So there you go. There's the man that you can thank for all the tracks that they used to give to you until you go to the mall and hand it to people that you thought were sinners and tell them that they needed to give their life over to Christ. They were going to burn for eternity. Oh, crap. Did you spill your cold brew? I'm good. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Anyway, so as a general rule, Chick Tracks uh, read the ramblings of anti-Semitic, anti-Catholic, homophobic, etc., fire and brimstone conspiracy theorists that made Pat Robinson look sane and mellowed out in comparison. Dang. Oh, man. <clears throat> anyway, so there's a little bit about Jack Chick. Brief. Um, let me, yeah, very brief. Let me tell you about one more person that's a key factor in how all this got started. Her name is Michelle Smith. So Michelle Smith was the author of, uh, well, along with Dr. Lawrence uh, Pazder of the 1980 book, Michelle Remembers, an alleged autobiography of her childhood abuse by a satanic cult. It was found that most of the book's content came from Dr. Padster's uh, studies from African rituals and not from Michelle Smith's childhood. (laughs) So wait a minute. So all three of these players that you've given us here. Yeah. All turn out to be crap. All turn out every to be one of them crap. lied. Yeah, every single one of them lied. Okay, but what <laughs> and they're they the ones that perpetrated the satanic panic got the on the nation. Thing, got the whole thing rolling. Oh All gosh. three of these people were straight up liars. Oh yeah. So when questioned about this, Padser um, actually defended himself by claiming that he and Smith never claimed the events of the book ever really happened. They sound just like the people <laughs> from from Disneyland. What book? <laughs> <laughs> I never wrote a book. What book? About. All right. So there you go. A brief origin story of the satanic panic. Now, what happened after this point yes. is something that ruled the 80s and ruled the 90s and even carried over a little bit to the early 2000s. I would say it's still around. I, I would say it is, but it's in, not as not as much as what it used to be. I think in, in very charismatic... Um, Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Pentecostal. Yeah. yeah. Um, fundamentalist. Yeah. Type environments. It's still around. Right. Because, right. I, I mean, I remember a few years ago being at church and someone saying Harry Potter is satanic. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing. All right. So we're, we're going to talk about a few key things that was a big scare during this, during these decades that uh, made a lot of, um, a lot of Christian mothers worry and kind of quiver a little bit, and uh, and even led to some really terrifying and really sad stories um, later on here. So um, let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons for let's. a minute. <laughs> Again, Stranger Things. I'm on a big Stranger Things kick right now. I love that that show opened up with those kids sitting around playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's awesome. Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons? Of course I have. Okay. What did you think of it? I mean, I was a kid. Did you ever think it was evil? Like you were, no, dabbling with no, 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 right. no, 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 right, nothing like that. It's fun, right? Yeah, it's a role playing game, basically. I wouldn't even call it a role play. Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could call it a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. I didn't think of anything satanic about it. Right. It, it was just fiction. Yeah. You know, like you know, the stuff's not real that you're doing. Yeah. It's fighting fun. It was fun, different man. beasts and so casting never, spells. And I never played it up until a few months ago. It's the first time I ever sat down and played D&D. 
Now, let me ask you a question. Yes. Two years ago, yeah. would you have played D&D? Absolutely. Okay. Just didn't have the opportunity. Just didn't that have stuff's expensive. Yeah. Like, it's a hundred and something yeah, yeah. bucks just to buy the set and the books that come with it or whatever. And then so you got to find you, the people to do it with. What did you think about it? I thought it was awesome. I was like, dude, I'm missing out. This is fun. And, uh, you know, using your imagination and just, you know, even as an adult, <laughs> like, I just thought it was fun. Me and Allie had a blast playing it. Um, it's something that you really need to commit to, and we didn't have the time to commit to it. I mean, these are these are things that people want to play every week. Like, you oh, get yeah. together once a week, and yeah. you, 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 you have to keep the game going. You have to keep the campaign alive. You have that, that campaign has to keep going, and some, sometimes it can take months to do one campaign. And we just couldn't commit to it, but it was a lot of fun. I absolutely loved it. But anyway. Anyhow. So D&D has always been the target of considerable belligerence from conservative Christians reaching its height in the 1980s. Um, some of their many absurd claims have included role-playing games make the participants more prone to suicide or mental illness, the inclusion of magic and supernatural creatures such as devils and demons make role-playing equal to practicing sorcery and witchcraft or at least promotes such activities, the alleged emphasis on accumulation of wealth and excuse me, personal power in the game is incompatible with the Christian message. But wait a second. Apparently, televangelists don't apply here. So no. we're just going to... Because they're going. chosen. Right, they're the chosen ones. Yeah. Kenneth Copeland. Right. <laughs> um, the rule book uh, contains pornographic artwork. You ever, you I, ever I don't seen, remember that. You ever seen any boobies up in D&D? No. I don't remember ever Not seeing one titty. anything. Not one titty. Um, and the inclusion of polytheistic deities worshipped by the game characters is blasphemous and often equal to devil worship. Okay, so I can get behind the inclusion of magic and supernatural creatures such as devils and demons make role-playing equal to practicing sorcery and witchcraft right. or at least promote such activities. Right. I, I, okay, I, I see that. Yeah. Um, the suicide thing is crap. <laughs> um... The personal power thing's crap. Porn is crap. <laughs> the deities worship by characters, I think it's crap. Yeah, so the only the only good point I see here is the magic and supernatural creatures such as devils and demons makes this game equal to practicing sorcery and witchcraft. I, I can Okay, there's an argument there. Yeah. Okay. There's an argument there, but I think the argument is only valid um, if you take the game part part of this out. Now, what you'll what you'll have is um, conservative Christians will say, "Well, you're not supposed to mess with anything. You're supposed to abstain from all things that you know are representations of that." Um. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I good point. Um, that's biblical. Um, I think common sense kicks in to say because I'm playing with Dungeons and Dragons, I don't relate that to reality. So therefore, I'm not going to be casting spells 
or daggering anyone in the near future if I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I, I mean, not I don't. But at the at the same time, a weaker minded, not weaker minded, a new Christian in their faith who is on the fence about things. I, I can I can see the argument here. I can definitely see the argument here. If you're worried about your kids playing it because it might expose them to something that you're not ready for them to be exposed to. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Well, there's an age limit on this thing too. Like sure. it, it's it it wasn't for little kids. I well, mean it was yeah. for like But what what else I will say is don't let your personal convictions yeah. affect my life. Yeah. You know if that's if that's what you feel that God is leading you towards mm-hmm. all Dungeons and Dragons should be banned. Yeah. That's cool. Ban them in your house. Yeah. Educate your kids on them. And and if we're friends, hey, yeah. Yeah. L- let me know your thoughts on it. But don't let your convictions affect my life. Right. Because I don't want to let my convictions affect your life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't drink. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to let that bleed into someone else's. If someone can drink and have a relationship with God, that's them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that is what it is. And I think the same thing applies here. Yeah. But I can see the argument with witchcraft. Same, same, no, I I put Ouija board in a whole nother. That's different. I consider the Ouija board a totally different thing. I do too. I think, I, I think really Ouija board is, is really is meant for that, right? You, not you for are, entertainment. You are tapping into talking to. Yeah. So I think the Ouija board was created by evil people, wanting people to tap into spiritual realms on purpose and disguising it as a fun game. Yeah. And you've had an experience. I have. With Ouija board I have you've told the story before, and I yeah. want you to tell it again one day. You don't have to right we'll now. We'll do it for Halloween. For Halloween. Our yeah, Halloween we'll get episode. Back. Yeah. But yeah, I think Dungeons and Dragons is much like a game. Yeah. Like you would play Life or, or right. Clue or, you know it's what I'm fun. saying? It's so fun. Yeah. And if you've never played it, you should. Yeah. But it's expensive. Yeah. So... Here, so the irony of this is that D and D actually builds on elements from the Western Christian cultural heritage what? to a considerable extent. So, besides the obvious elements such as inclusion of angels, uh, paladins, and deities inspired by Christianity, this is probably most apparent in the game's very naive worldview, which presents a system of overly simplistic moral absolutes that categorize a character with one of nine different alignments by placing them on two different excuse me, axes of morality, good and evil, lawful and chaotic. So positive skills that D&D teaches, uh, improvisation, creativity, vocabulary, open-mindedness, social skills, strategy, group management and group dynamics, empathy, self-insight, game theory, probability, history, knowledge of other cultures, and other basic math concepts such as percentages and simple accounting. And the list could probably go on from there. Did you say gang theory? Game. Theory. Okay. <laughs> gang theory. Gang theory. <laughs> no. Should I pop a cap? Should I pop a cap? All right. <laughs> so along with D and D and a lot of toys of the uh, of the eighties, fell they fell under scrutiny for their designs and themes. Even He Man 
Oh yeah, and the masters Definitely. of the Skeletor. universe. Yeah, they fell victim to that satanic panic. So I've got a clip here of Pastor Gary Greenwald. You ever heard of him? No, but he sounds like a douche. He is a douche. So this is <laughs> Gary Greenwald um, talking. He's Gross. sitting down, and there's a. I mean, this is an hour long video. This is just a short clip of it. But he sits down with this guy, and they just have toys upon toys that they're just pulling out and they're like pointing out all the satanic things about it okay so this is one based on the snake mountain toy set from he-man yeah okay now who lives it. in snake Mountain? you had this well skeletor, cool. skeletor lives in snake mountain snake. could we That's talk right. about snake mountain for sure let's take a look at it now we, sure. we have a toy that sure we got at the there. store which is uh, called simply Snake Mountain. Snake I thought mountain. I'd get this toy up here if we can get that on the screen. Let's put the and uh, the here's the snake and all. I mean, this is definitely an occultic toy. Oh, definitely. That's so cool. And it's got an interesting little feature here. I'm going to turn it on. Look at that. Let's turn it this can on. actually transform your voice from uh, your regular voice to that of an A occultic hero. Is that correct? Yeah. So let's get a Skeletor type of voice. <laughs> Let me turn this on here. I, I think I'm getting it too loud. Skeletor. Now, why is he. The master of the universe. <laughs> why is he is changing his kind of an example of, uh, That's what the. Exactly. The That's what the toy's so, for. All these toys. I always like laugh every, at people when they do that. Like, they put something up that changes their voice. Yeah. And then they change their voice. <laughs> like, no, just talk normal. That's just what the toy is exactly. for. <laughs> <laughs> but all the toys, he plays with them. Like, it. Like, if you think it's so bad, why are you playing with why it? Why did you purchase it? Why to, did you? To prove yeah. the example, Blake. <laughs> yeah. I must take one for the team and play with Snake Mountain. Yeah, they only contributed to the satanic panic by buying the toys just so they can rip them apart in the videos. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway. All I right. mean, don't go outside. Yeah. You know, I, I've killed three snakes in my backyard. Apparently, we live in Satan's snake. You live village. in Snake Mountain. Right. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, innocence of a child, a child oh, who's not going to make the connection to occultic. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Pat Robertson uh, says occult. Occultish ties to the occult. I saw a video. You know, the occult. I couldn't. I was going to play a video of him talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Like he's to this day talks about Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. So someone else had asked him about video games and stuff like that, and he's like, "Well, I don't know about what's out there now, but I remember Dungeons and Dragons was such a problem, and it was just an introduction to the occult. Occult. <laughs> but that. I mean that. That just proves when when people reference continually yeah. things of the past, that means that was their prime. Yeah, in he has his no prime, idea what's happening. Right no, in his prime, clue. Dungeons and Dragons were were popping, yeah. man. Right. So you're no longer relevant, dude. Like no. if you're bringing up Andy Griffith, uh, <laughs> you know, scenarios yeah. or. What what else is old Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're not relevant. Yeah, like step aside. Like you hit yeah. your prime. That was your prime. That was it. Let it go. Because I guarantee millennials have no freaking idea what you're talking about. Not a clue. And don't care. No, they don't care. I don't care. No. Does Alec even know what Dungeons and Dragons is? Yeah, from okay. from, from uh, like Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Right, right. But. You think before that he would have no. known? Yeah. So. Zero. 
zero I think about it. It's made a a, a comeback. Um, I, I heard that sales actually skyrocketed from Stranger Things. From Stranger Things, yeah, yeah probably. So. Oh, you started playing after I started playing yeah. after. I was like, Dude, it looks freaking awesome. So and I want to get with Satan and play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, man, we like sacrificed a goat and I drank the blood. Of course, and, you know, but I didn't think it was weird or anything. Of course. Yeah. Well, Brian, let's take a break real quick. We'll hear a word from our sponsors, and when we come back, we'll dive into a little bit more. Cool. Hey guys, this is Blake. And I'm Brian. And we're here to tell you about another great sponsor of the Not Religious Podcast, and that is The Found Sheep. If you head on over to thefoundsheep.net right now, you can check out their great collection of hats, beanies, shirts, sweatshirts, things like that. Their hats are especially, especially dope. Am I right, Brian? You are right on point. That's right. And why don't you go ahead and tell them about their, their outreach there? Yeah, so everything that they create is designed to point souls to Jesus and to remind believers that he is our good shepherd. Man, they give 10% of all of their profits to the local church, and another 10% provides outreach to people who serve in need all around the world. Well, I'll be doggone. That's right. That's awesome. An apparel company with a mission. That's exactly right. Go check out their stuff. They got really neat stuff. And we also have a neat little promo code for all of our listeners today. That's Brian, right. what's that promo code? If you type in not religious, that's not religious in all caps. After you fill your little goodie basket up with all of your merch, guess what? You'll get 10% off. Woo. Heck yeah, dude. That's just for our listeners. So thank you guys. Go ahead and check them out on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and help support the found sheep.net. Boom. Boom. Was that Skeletor? Um, that was uh, uh, Lucifer. <laughs> His main theme of today. Okay. Um, all right. So this is one that <laughs> this is one that uh, I used to get a lot of crap for. Oh yeah, a lot of crap for. We're talking about heavy metal. Heavy metal. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> um. So I have been a heavy metal fan for a number of years. Since my middle school days, I'd say, kind of, I'd say I was really into like Blink and stuff when I was in middle school and, and all that. And it just got progressively harder as I got older. I, so I know your progression of music. Yeah. Because I was there for it. You were there and you witnessed it. I was, bur- I was ripping your CDs for you. Yeah. So I used to give, I used to give Brian a list of songs back when, uh, was it Bear Share or Bear LimeWire? Share. Bear and Share LimeWire. and LimeWire. It was a big deal. And Brian would make me playlists on these CDs. So. I even made your dad. You did. You used to make him a good bit of I stuff. I pirated music for your dad. That's right. You <laughs> sure did. You did us all a super solid. <laughs> but yeah, you so you saw how heavy it got and yeah, what yeah. you used to listen to. Yeah, no, I, I mean, because I would listen to what I was putting on the yeah. CD, I'd be like, oh, okay. Blake's tone, I mean, he's, he's, he's getting get, it. He's getting it. But I used to get crap from everybody about what I listened to, and as it got heavier and heavier throughout the years, people 
continued to tell me, oh, man, it's that like, devil worship music and just make you want to go out and just kill everybody. Especially like, uh, Screamo. Yeah. I think I mean, Screamo probably got the most. Yeah. Because when I think heavy metal, I think of ACDC. Yeah. I think of Black Sabbath. I think of uh, what Pan. What am I thinking of? Pan Pantera. Pantera. Yeah. You know, Metallica yeah. maybe. Right. Who else? Yeah, Iron Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. But they they used just. I mean, it was. Alice in Chains. I mean, I liked Corn. Yeah. And I liked Slipknot. But that's a lot of imagery. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to get to here. Okay. So, um, so heavy metal. It scared most conservatives and fundamentalists due to generally being fairly anti-authoritarian, as well as having many bands that use satanic imagery, though mostly for shock value. Exactly. Um, so, indeed, some bands and genres such as black metal and death metal go out of their way to be as dark and gory as possible. But is that any different from enjoying a horror movie? No. One would ask. I wouldn't think but so. I don't, we're Christians. We don't let horror movies into our house. Oh, we don't. Okay. Well, um, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, there, I mean, and of course, some people, Marilyn Manson is a member of the Satanic Church. So that. Is he really? He is. He is a, he is a member of the Satanic Church. Didn't know that. Yes, he is. So, I mean, that, that's legit. Here's a question, though. Is he a member of it just to say he's a member I of mean, it? It might be. You know for, what I'm, yeah, you sure. know what I'm saying? Sure. For image. Right. But I'd say someone like Slipknot, no. Um, now, they, they do use some of that as a, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's really for show. And if you want to trace it all the way back to Alice Cooper, who is a Christian. Oh, yeah. Like very outspoken He will tell outspoken you Christian. he is a Christian. The man still put, I saw him a few years ago at Carolina Rebellion, and he still very much does the same type of Everything's set. black. Everything's black. Black makeup. Makeup. And, snakes. Yeah. Dead stuff. And mm. it's just, that's, that's, that's the shock that value. That is him. Members of the Misfits. There are some members of the Misfits that are Christians and will tell you that they are Christians, but they're the Misfits, and it that is part of their show. Skulls. Skulls and makeup and blood and based on horror movies, a lot of their stuff, you know, so it's it's a lot of imagery. Um, so, But one band that, it, I, that has always caught crap for from Christians as being satanic, I never understood why. It would be Black Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the OG heavy metal band Mm -hmm. has received um, some serious criticism from the Christian community based solely on their name. Just the name. They don't know a thing about the band, about any of their song, just the name Black Sabbath. I would say that Black Sabbath would be your need to breathe of that era. Yeah, absolutely. Take, Take the name out of it. Yeah. But their songs, their mm-hmm. songs, they're incredible. Catholic. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're Catholic. Yeah, guys. they're Catholic. Yep. Yeah. Um, and their songs always had a religious yep. Under, undertone, undertone yeah. overtone, undertone, overtone over, yeah, all, all of it, it. all mm-hmm. of it. I mean, yeah. So I would say, because you know, nowadays Need to Breathe is very popular. They're in the world, but they're Christian dudes. Right. I, I would make that. 
yeah. connection. Absolutely. Need to breathe Black Sabbath on the same page. Same band. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so famous rock critic Lester Bangs, what a name, uh, wrote that Black Sabbath was in fact a Catholic band, like you just said, whose worldview borrowed heavily from Christian doctrines of the fall and the redemption. Um, this could possibly be because some uh, because of songs like After Forever about redemption and a strongly worded attack on atheists. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was their title song where they beg God to intervene and save them from Satan. <laughs> um, it might also be the way that members adorn themselves with crosses. Right. Um, but if you wear a cross and you're wearing all black and makeup, you're a devil, a devil worshiper. worshiper. Right. If you, any you're making picture, fun of Jesus. Any picture you see of, um, of Ozzy Osbourne, um, for those of you who don't know, that's the band that, that Ozzy Osbourne was in and uh, Tony Iommi they they always are wearing um, always 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 wearing a cross every interview every video you ever see them they always have a cross necklace on okay um, they did use Satan in their lyrics fairly often but this was usually because they based many of their songs off the whole concept of horror movies um, the anecdote goes that Tony Iommi said quote you know how people pay to watch movies and get scared? What if they paid to hear music and get scared? So, mm. it, yep. Yep. And interestingly enough, they got the name from a low-budget Boris Karloff film. So, what do you know? You, those of you who don't know, Boris Karloff was the monster in Frankenstein. And he did a lot of old classic horror movies like that. So. He did a lot of radio, too. Yeah, like, like old radio shows mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boris Karloff. All right. Let's talk about ACDC. You know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so they had numerous songs like Highway to Hell. You know what ACDC means? I do. Okay. I do. We're going to get to that. Okay. Uh, Highway to Hell and Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. ACDC's Highway to Hell album featured lead guitarist Angus Young in Devil Horns and a tail. So that didn't help anything. <laughs> um uh, so, nor did the the Christian fundamentalists claim that ACDC actually stood for Antichrist, Devil's Child. You know that ACDC. You know what it stands for. It stands for um, um, Antichrist, <laughs> Devil's Child. Devil's Child. Um, so, uh, um, Angus Young has denied this claim, stating that the name of the band came from a voltage label on his sister's sewing machine. Right. <laughs> and then serial killer... Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, further muddied, uh, muddied the waters by leaving behind ACDC baseball-style caps at the scene of each of his murders. Oh, I did not know that. Wow. I did not know that. But, you know, he used to go to court mm-hmm. and draw pentagrams on his hand and, like, yeah. flash them for that. But, again, that's that was for show. He knew what was going to scare everybody. He knew it was going to piss people off. So, yeah. here's a so pentagram. So, ACDC... Also means that they go both ways. Bisexual. Right. Right. But that's not what it means. That's not what it means, but that's what the Christian community said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, I love ACDC. But I can can see where they would get upset with album covers like that. But, again, it was all for shock value. Shock value. Um, So I (laughs) I played a little bit of an Iron Maiden song last week uh not last week a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. um when we had uh when we had claire on um but they caught a lot of flack for the the number of the beasts Mm -hmm. um which is a great song 
But so people took that song, but just because it's called The Number of the Beast and that album also had Satan on the cover, mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, basically. Basically, in short, uh, the song Number of the, the Number of the Beast is a story of a man coming up on a group of Satan worshippers in the woods and then attempting to leave and informing the authorities in an effort to stop it, but ultimately gets drawn in and becomes victim to the Satanist group that's in the woods. So, the if, again, if you take the time and read the lyrics and really listen to the song, then it's it's just a story. Right. You know? So... They got lumped in that category. Uh, Slayer was another big one that caught a lot of flack from them um, because they had a lot of imagery and songs like, you know, Raining Blood and, and things like that. But the bassist and the lead singer of Slayer um, that people often often say that they're a satanic thrash band, uh, uh, Tom Araya, hope I'm saying that name right, it, he's actually Catholic. But so, here's the deal. Like we're saying all these guys are Catholic. Yeah. To But they they think that Right. So to tied into that too. So <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um however, lead guitarist Kerry King is um the very the very least uh extremely critical at, at the very least extremely critical of the Christian church, probably to the point of being out and uh outright anti-Christian. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got some songs that's very anti-Christian. I wouldn't say they're Satanists, but they're very right. anti-Christian. And, you know, that's whatever, man. That's your own. That's your deal. Your own deal. Um, people thought that the name was actually an acronym for Satan laughs it um, as you <laughs> eternally rot. But the band members probably wish that they had thought of that themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Another acronym band that they swore up and down was straight up satanic was KISS. Knights in Satan Service. Knights in Service. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Christian fundamentalists have also claimed that the rock band KISS stands for Knights in Satan Service. (laughs) But lead singer Paul Stanley has denied this, claiming that the name of the band got its origins from their glam rock roots. Right. So once again, all for show. There was a documentary I watched a few years ago. Um, the, the basically a story and uh, origins of heavy metal music, and they shock rock was a whole episode, whole entire episode because they went all the way back to, um, oh, I can't remember his name, but the the guy that wrote "I Put a Spell on You," yeah. like that was uh, people freaked out about that. That was way back in the day, but it was just a song, and uh, Alice Cooper took a lot of. Mm-hmm. his show to an extreme just to get people talking um Ozzy Osbourne it was all show um and a lot of these guys very rarely do any of them say oh yeah like I, I mean I I I worship Satan and a lot of them are just out there to piss off the Christian community and get people talking and sell some tickets and have some people come to their shows and basically enjoy a rock show just like they would enjoy going to see a horror movie same concept. So, so I put a spell on you. Yeah. Uh, screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins. That was it. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. You ever yeah. heard the CCR cover? Yes. Very good. Very, very good. Very good. Um, so yeah, I, I got lumped into that category a lot. Got called a, uh, a, a devil worshiper. 
you um, never wore like all black. And, no, you know, you never did that sort of thing. No, I did have some chains for you had a little some bit. Chains. There. That was more of a skater look, though. Yeah. With your jinkos. Listen, man, I I just <laughs> it. <laughs> Uh, That's that, what was popular I mean, at the that, time. Well, it was, that, and I mean, I, I I never once. I I used to wear Pantera shirts to church. <laughs> I wore a Wu Tang yes, shirt did. last night. <laughs> I saw to, that to a youth event. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I walked into the sound booth, and Chris Chris was like, "Wu Tang." I was yeah. like, "Oh, is that inappropriate for church?" He said, "Oh well." No. He said, uh, "I said, oh, I just." Went on a bowling with the youth. Was that inappropriate? He's like, well, you probably should tell them not to look up who Wu-Tang was. I was like, no, I'm going to encourage yeah. them to look up Wu-Tang. We were listening to it the whole way back. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Method Man. Yeah. <laughs> this is Ghost Eyes. <laughs> All right. All right, um, what's next? So what, this Heavy is another, another one that... Um, hit home with me. This is what I saw in the early 2000s. I remember being in third grade when Pokemon was on the rise. Um, So Pokemon being popular whenever, you know, it's like early 2000s, 2001, 2002, whatever. Um, And we used to, I went to a Christian school. We had Pokemon cards. We would trade Pokemon cards at recess. We would do all this stuff. Um, we got in a lot of trouble. <laughs> we had to. Why had though? To, for, because Pokemon was of the devil. But why is it of the devil? Okay, so it shouldn't. I'll read you this. Uh, our, my section of notes here. Um, it shouldn't come as a surprise to know that some people believe that Pokemon was devised as a sneaky scheme to encourage children to practice Satanism and sorcery. So games that feature creatures, uh, feature creatures. Being summoned to do one's bidding, have accounted uh, encountered such accusations in the in the past. After all, in a 2001 article by Christian outlet Worthy News, the article the article claimed, uh, excuse me, the author claimed that Pokemon opens up players to demonic to the demonic realm. While the piece doesn't flat out accuse Pokemon of being the enemy to everything that's holy and pure, the author highlights how it's it's. A, a dangerous game that can be manipulated by Lucifer and has his his agents to lead players down a dark path. Furthermore, the article is critical in the game's evolutionary pagan, Shinto, and Tibetan influences since none of these belief systems align with Christian dogma. But why is it say... So this article says that they never never tied it directly to Satanism, but I'm telling you, playing Pokemon because it was magic and it was creatures. I guess like it reminded them of some D&D. You know? Yeah, here's my question. I uh, I even wonder if there was some racism going on Ooh, there yeah, with the Asian yeah. influence. Yeah. I never got into anime. I never yeah. or Japanese, Chinese, Asian, any of that yeah. cartoon, Digimon. I like some anime. I... I no, you know, I yeah. just never, it's whatever. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. But I wonder if there is some American nationalism just going on it. there. Just you know what I'm saying? Right. right. What we don't understand, we will label and deem as evil. Evil. You can't play it. We could not, excuse me, we could not play Pokemon at school. It was evil. 
and we needed to get rid of them and we needed to throw them in the trash and they had Christian now I never witnessed this but they did have Christian groups I remember seeing it on the news where churches would get together and they would throw all the Pokemon cards in a fire and they're getting rid of them and it's you know a day of reckoning for Pokemon um, Pokemon is actually kind of like a uh, it is short for pocket monsters I think that's one reason they had such a big deal about it and um yeah, Pokemon was not okay. So, Pokemon Go, yeah, got real popular. Yeah. a couple years ago, right? Follow Jesus Go. Oh God, <laughs> is that like the Caruso shirts or whatever? No, it's oh. a game. It's a game. It's a real game. <laughs> yes. You're kidding me. Is it? Is it a real? I can download it right now. Follow JC Go, baby. No freaking way. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up right now. Follow JC Go. I don't. It was released in Rome. Oh dear lord! Is it, it there? Is real? Yes, I'm downloading it right now. Install. I mean, but the same thing. Like you create an avatar. You you do all the. You get on. <laughs> you go around. Oh man. Okay. So here's the description for follow JC Go according to the iTunes Store. Yeah. Um, so follow JC go is a, um, game based on location 3d it's 3d and it's free to play. It allows users, t- uh, to form their E team quote. I mean, uh, parentheses, even evangel- evangel- evangelization team, yeah. <laughs> uh, made up of friends, biblical characters, saints, uh, <laughs> blesseds and Marian advocations. Um, the E-Team will help you generate a collection of characters that will accompany you in your day and pilgrimage to WYD 2019 in Panama and other religious events in the world. For this, you must fulfill missions, find and answer trivias to incorporate um, collectibles to your E-Team, be in touch with your friends through a messaging service. <laughs> oh, man. You will also find a GPS search engine for churches and points of interest that can be great help in your pilgrimage. So there was also, before Pokemon Go, Christians made something called Bible Battles. It was a trading card game that kind of did the same thing as the cards of Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why can't you just let things happen? (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. Why Why do Christians feel the need to compete with I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to make a Christian version of this world Every game. Every time. Because we're supposed to be the light in the darkness, Brian. But we're just copying someone's idea. <laughs> You're benefiting from it. Anyway. Well, so moving from Pokemon to JC Go, or follow JC Go, <laughs> um, to another game that just came out that's very similar. Harry Potter just released a Pokemon Go style Oh, really? That I've been playing. Expectus. It's, it's pretty fun. Disappointimus. Oh, I thought it was fun. Oh. Um, me and Jeff. Right there with you, Jeff. I'm playing it with you. Um, so, Harry Potter. Been a big one. I remember hearing about that kind of in the late 90s when it started to get a little, pop, little popular, early 2000s when the movie started coming out and um, gaining some traction and, you know, 
people are getting cited for the books and then Christians are demonstrating the, uh, the bookstores and they're buying the books, but then they're burning them. They're so they're contributing to the sales, but they're burning them because F you JK Rowling. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so religious debates over the Harry Potter series of books by JK Rowling are based on claims that the novels contain occult, or satanic subtext. A number of Protestant, Catholic, and Orthodox Christians have argued against the series, and then supporters of the series have said that the magic in Harry Potter bears little resemblance to occultism, being more in the vein of fairy tales such as Cinderella and Snow White, or to the works of C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, both of whom are known for writing fantasy novels with Christian subtext, if you didn't know. And you've been living under a rock. C.S. Lewis, uh, C.S. Lewis wrote the wrote the Chronicles of Narnia series. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the Lord of the Rings. Um, so far from promoting a particular religion, some argue the Harry Potter novels go out of their way to avoid discussing religion at all. However, the author of the series, J.K. Rowling, describes herself as a practicing Christian. Um, she really, I never yeah, knew that. Yeah, and many have noted the Christian references whenever. Um, uh, in the uh, that she includes in the final novel, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows, in the United States, calls for the books to be banned from schools have led to legal challenges, often on the grounds that witchcraft is a government recognized religion, and that to allow the books to be held in public schools violates the separation of church and state. Pause. Pause. All right, so we're going to make sure that this these books, trip, separation of church and state, because it's a religion, but we're going to whine and boohoo and complain when the Ten Commandments get taken out of schools, or we're going to sit and say that the Bible needs to be taught in schools. But, I mean, you can't have it both ways. I, I'm so sick of <laughs> when it, it only apply, applies to me. Like, as long as it's Christianity, it's fine. But heaven forbid Islam or yep. Hinduism yep. or anything else bleeds into society. Anyway, we should be, as Christians, we should be mature enough and wise enough to allow other people to have their thoughts and religion and say, you know what? You believe that. That's okay. If you ever want to hear what I believe in, Come on, I you know yeah. I've got the good news or whatever, yep. but it just infuriates me the links that people go to to make it known that these things need to be banned or whatever. But at the same time, when someone tries to ban something that's Christian, all hell breaks loose and yep. we're boycotting and yep. you know petitioning and I don't know. Yeah, make up your mind. Make up your mind. You. Douche. Uh, the Orthodox churches of Greece and Bulgaria have also compa- uh, campaigned against the series, and some Catholic writers and officials have voiced a critical stance. Uh, the books have been banned from all schools in the Arab. United Arab Emirates. Boom! Boom! Uh, religious responses to Harry Potter have not all been negative. So J.K. Rowling said that at least as much as they've been attacked from a theological point of view, the books have been lauded and taken into pulpit and most interesting and satisfying for me it's been it's been by several different faiths okay. so she's she's just liking the attention mm-hmm. yeah absolutely 
All right. Um, you want to take a little break? Yep. Real quick. So take a break. We'll listen to a, another one of our sponsors. When we come back, we'll get close to wrapping this up here. So. What's up, everyone in podcast land? This is Brian. And I'm Blake. And we are from the Not Religious Podcast, here to talk to you about one of our sponsors, PillarofHopeApparel.com. All right, Brian. They got some shirts. They got some hats. They got phone cases. Whatever you need. It's awesome. And if you go right now and go to your cart, fill it up, put in the promo code NRP116, you'll get 10% off your order. Jeez, 10%. 10%. That's PillarofHopeApparel.com. Promo code NRP116. Check them out. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. I still hear about Halloween. Definitely. Being, being horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah. And tied to Satanism. So... Um, let's see. Halloween is the most directly related to Catholic, the Catholic holiday of All Hallows Eve. Um, this was a night of feasting prior to All Saints Day, which celebrates all the saints who do not have a holiday set aside for them. Um, Halloween has, however, been picked up a variety has uh, picked up a variety of practices and beliefs, most likely borrowed from folklore. Even the origins of those practices are often questionable, with evidence dating back only a couple hundred years. For instance, the jack-o'-lantern began as a turnip lantern in the, eight, the late 1800s. The scary faces carved into these were said to be nothing more than pranks by mischievous, uh, mischievous, mischievous lads. Likewise, the fear of black cats stemmed from a 14th century association with witches and the nocturnal animal. Um, it was not until World War II that the black cat really took off in Halloween celebrations. And yet, older records are rather quiet about what might have been taking place around the end of October. So... The Satanic Adoption of Halloween. So this is where I guess they can start to tie it in there. Anton LaVey formed the Church of Satan in 1966 and wrote the Satanic Bible within a few years. That didn't work. Um, so let's see. LaVey. Yeah. LaVey stipulated three holidays from his version of Satanism. The first and most important date is each Satanist's own birthday. It is, after all, a religion centered on the self, so it is understandable that this is the most significant significant day to a Satanist. The other two holidays are Walpurgisnacht, <laughs> <laughs> which is April 30th, and Halloween, October 31st, if you didn't know. Both dates were often considered witch holidays in popular culture and thus became linked with Satanism. LeVay adopted uh, Halloween less because of... Um, because of any inherent inherent satanic meaning in the date, but no more as a joke on those who had superstitiously feared it. Contrary to some conspiracy theories, Satanists do not view Halloween as the devil's birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Satan is a symbolic uh, figure in the religion. Furthermore, the Church of Satan describes October 31st as the fall climax and a day to costume according to one's inner self or reflect on a recently deceased loved one. But... Is Halloween satanic? Yes. So, so yes, Satanists do celebrate Halloween as one of their holidays. However, this is a very recent adoption. Halloween was celebrated long before Satanists had anything to do with it. Therefore, historically, Halloween is not satanic. Today, um, it only makes sense to call it a satanic holiday when referencing uh, referencing its celebration by actual Satanists. So, no, it has not always been a satanic holiday that's only been recent and guess what i also 
celebrate Halloween. Well, you I know what I'm awesome. gonna do? I'm gonna dress up like Noah on Halloween, <laughs> so you're I really can gonna spread show the love them. of oh my God. Yes, you show them Satanists and tell them. I, yeah, it's it's the same thing. Business. It's having a healthy balance, and it's, yeah. I mean, as long as you're grounded, and yeah. I mean, ugh. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So there, uh, there have been many crimes, horrific crimes that have been pointed out as being satanic and bla- and blamed on Satanism and the satanic church. Helter Skelter. Helter Skelter. And, uh, Charles, uh, Manson. Charles Manson. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm just going to point out three of them that just, I, I've Oh, did I, did I ruin that? Was that one of them? No. Okay. Uh, good. No, all that's right. actually not included in this article, but yes. Helter Skelter was one. Um, So the McMartin Preschool Abuse Cases. All right. You ever heard of that? No. All right. So in 1983, the mother of a McMartin Preschool student accused her estranged husband and a teacher at the school located in Manhattan Beach, California, of molesting her son. The arrests, investigations, and trials lasted until 1990 when all charges were dropped. There were no convictions in this trial, the most expensive in history at the time. Among the allegations were that the preschool staff practiced satanic rites where they flew through the air and drilled holes into the children. Wait, what now? Yes. Okay. Where they flew through the air. See, this just goes again to the kids. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Uh, One child even accused actor Chuck Norris as being one of the abusers. What the crap? (laughs) What's wrong with you, you little jerk? Mm. Chuck Norris, of all the people. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, McMartin preschool abuse cases. Uh, The Monster of Florence. You ever heard of that? Florence, South Carolina? Mm, Not quite. Okay. Um, uh, Il Mastro was an... Epithet given to a serial killer who gunned down and mutilated 16 known individuals in Florence and its surrounding countryside over a period of 17 years. To be exact, it's 1968 to 1985. At the height of the killing spree in the early 1980s, hysteria initially created by the media was the was that the serial killers, uh, the serial killings were the work of a satanic cult. Police investigations led to Pietro Pacciani, a Florentine local who had a violent criminal history, and he was later arrested by police after a bullet casing matching those found at the time of the crime scenes was discovered in his home. Two other individuals, Mario Vanni and uh, Giancarlo Lotti, man, butchering that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a spicy meatball. Were also arrested after they. That's not. Um, it's a spicy meatball, Brian. Um, we're eating spaghetti. We're also arrested after they confessed to assisting Pacciani due to a technicality with the, um, with the evidence presented to, by the prosecution. Pacciani was released by the Italian Supreme Court. Pacciani died in 1988 before he could be retried while Vani and Lottie were jailed. There's been no conclusive evidence that Pacciani, Vani, and Lottie were members of any satanic cult. Lottie Dottie. We like Lottie Dottie D. <laughs> All right. And most famously, I think, would be the West Memphis Three. Now, do you remember the West Memphis Three? No. Come on. Brian. I don't know any of these. Come on. All right. <laughs> I encourage everybody, if you can get past the language and the crude humor, go listen to Last Podcast on the Left's three part episode on the West Memphis Three. It is really entertaining. It is really sad. It is really informative. 
about what happened with them. So at about 6 p.m. on May 5th, 1993, three young boys who lived in West Memphis, Arkansas, disappeared from their neighborhood. Their bodies were found the following day in a nearby drainage ditch. The population of West Memphis includes a rather large uh, contingent of Southern Baptists who have been preached to for years that many satanic covens are hidden in plain sight um, within a decent society. Um, a neighborhood teenager named Jesse Miss Kelly, who was the mental, who has the mental abilities of a ten-year-old, was coerced by the local police into confessing to the crimes. He then implicated two other neighborhood teenagers, Damian Eccles and Jason Baldwin, claiming that the murders were part of a satanic rite. Miss Kelly and Baldwin were sentenced to life without parole. Eccles received the death penalty. Gosh. Later, evidence showed no traces of DNA from Miss Kelly, Eccles, or Baldwin. However, DNA oh evidence gosh. from the stepfather of one of the victims was found on the lig- ligature? Mm-hmm. The ligature that was used to hogtie one of the victims. Further investigation <laughs> revealed that the father had a history of violence against women and children, and his alibi was also discredited. For 18 years the appeals of the West Memphis Three remained unsuccessful. They were finally released on August 19th of 2011 after entering a brokered um, Alford plea, uh, Alford plea deal that allowed them to plead guilty and go free while declaring their innocence of the crime. Really sad. So yeah, one guy received the death penalty. The other stayed in prison until 2011. That is just... Yep. So it's horrible, man. It, it, there were just a bunch of goth kids. And yeah, they did things to probably, you know, for shock value, you know, to get, I mean, they live in a town full of Southern Baptists and they probably catch crap from the church community all the time. About the jinkos. About the way that they dress and the music they listen to. So they probably, yeah, they probably did stuff to piss them off because they thought it was funny. This could have been you, but. Could have been. But three kids wound up dead and one of those episodes um, when they when they started discovering the bodies of the kids, was like, yep. Uh, uh, what was what was the uh, one of the policemen made the comment something along the lines of, oh my god, he finally did it, and it was talking about one the of the stepfathers, one one of the um oh one of the kids, about one of the kids, yeah, one of the West Memphis three. So they were waiting on these dudes to do something horrific. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean they're just they were getting into trouble. And, you know, they're just a bunch of goth kids who, you know, it's just, I mean, listen, one of them has That's the mental. crack detective work for right. He has the, the, the mind of a 10-year-old, okay? Like, it, come on, man. They knew what they were doing. They wanted to point the finger at somebody. They wanted someone to be responsible. They took these kids, manipulated one of them to confessing. Mm. It's sad. The whole thing was sad. The whole story is terrible. It's sad. And it's, it's sad. A, and the, the. People, uh, the Southern Baptist community of Arkansas, of West Memphis, Arkansas, should be ashamed of themselves. They should. Horrible, horrible, horrible. horrible. Anyway. So, um, yeah. All that I to say. I don't know if it, like, I can't name anything recent that I would contribute to the satanic panic. No. Nothing that stands out but, to me. No, but I I, th- I definitely think it made its impression on 20-year-olds of, of that time who yeah. are now 40, 50, 60-year-olds. Right. You know, that generation who and are you now still hear adult, it every now and you, you hear it, and I think definitely in an evangelical setting, it is a real thing. Anything that is 
you know, bucks yeah. the the straight line of the conservative Christian is attributed to Satanism. And yeah. listen, folks, Satan is real. He's horrible. He does horrible things, and he is everywhere. You know, on Earth, he. I mean, he he makes his presence in all kinds of stuff. Right. You know what? He can be in Pokemon. He can be in <laughs> dungeons and whatever. But, you know, he can also be on Caleb. He can. <laughs> I'm sure seriously. he is on Caleb. <laughs> but you know what Caleb I'm saying? Satan is going to use anything and everything he can. Yeah. So just because it fits into this nice little neat package yeah. of it's it's not normal, it's not normal Christianity, it must be Satan. Yeah. That's just not how it works. That's stupid. It's stupid. Yep. You know, you don't want to put God in a box, but at the same time, you don't want to put Satan in a box because when you do, you underestimate what he is truly capable of. Yeah. Using things... Using things that a normal Christian would hold as sacred or dear. Yeah. And being able to use those things and not using Dungeons and Dragons and Pokemon. Listen... Before you start accusing somebody of being something that they're not, maybe take your time, do your research on it, because the people of of West Memphis, Arkansas, did not do that. And you know what? One of those kids was put to death because of false accusations. It's really sad. Really sad. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's our episode on the satanic. There it is. The satanic panic. Satanic panic. Um, I I think that. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone should really research the satanic panic too because it goes so much further than that. That's only a handful of things that I can, you know, scrap together. I mean, I had a lot of notes, but, you know, that's, I mean, list goes on with stuff they boycotted. And anyway, so there you go. Satanic panic. Brian, what are you listening to this week? Uh, Social Club Misfits Testify. Yeah. Man, their beards are getting really intense. Yeah. Featuring Crowder. Just because of the beard. Yeah. Connection. <laughs> Bearded brothers. I was falling apart when heaven rescued me. Recovered my heart. I want the world to see. I can testify. Testify. From the comforts of my home to a jail cell. They try to break me down, but their plan fails. I remember like yesterday, still clear as day. When I felt I had my whole future stripped away. Should have known better, I felt the heat speeding through the lanes. I was looking for the better me. Feeding my desires, ignoring my royal pedigree. Bloodline from the heavens still slept in the penitentiary. Meant for more. So when you say the words I've written touch you, it's the Lord. The pressure that I felt on me don't feel it anymore. You sent me healing from above. There's nothing realer than your love. I was falling apart when heaven rescued me. Recovered my heart. I want the world to see. I can testify. sound like Crowder singing on that. No, it doesn't. I like it, though. Yeah. 
That was good. What are you listening to, Blake? Um, I went back and started playing some uh, old Norma Jean stuff. Okay. Here recently, um, sat down and played some stuff on the drums the other day. Some of these older songs, a lot of fun. This one I'd say is probably one of my favorite Norma Jean songs here. Um, if you ever get a chance to go see them live, this song always draws the crowd in. So this song is called "The End of All Things Will Be Televised." Cue it up. Somewhere, somewhere, right now. Something's on fire. Someone, <laughs> yeah, something's on fire. There is a um, there is a Christian woman who is listening to that and saying, That's not the devil. That's not the devil. can't believe that Blake listens yes. to that satanic that sat- music. I knew it when they... <laughs> Norma Jean's a Christian knew band. So I knew it. I just knew it. Christian Norma Jean is a Christian band. So, so good. I was just gonna say it. <laughs> Man, um, yeah, that song rips and it it slaps and it's a banger and it's flame emojis. Good episode. I love it. That was a good episode. Had a lot I like of fun. It. Um, let's go ahead and we'll we'll wrap this up and get on out of here. Brian, that was a lot of fun. Can't wait yeah. to do it again. Can't wait. Um, we actually have a review this week um, that I want to share with everybody. Um, and it's from the very kind folks over there at the Relevant to Our Interest podcast um, who uh, are also on the Coming Right Up network. Um, so... Um, they have a down-to-earth but logical and knowledgeable take on the stuff going on in our society. Uh, society. I may not agree with their perspective all the time, but I sure respect them for their even-headed commentary on it. Uh, no matter your perspective, you're going to gain something from their take on things. Listen to this podcast. So thank you, Relevant, to our interest for being so kind as to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts right now, 
head over, um, give us some stars, leave us a review. It's very much appreciated. We will gladly read that here on the show. Um, You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for the Not Religious Podcast. And whenever Facegram is available, you can also find us on (laughs) (laughs) Um, Leave a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast, like we just said. Um, We're available on 10-plus platforms, so you'll find us on something, I'm sure. And we're a part of the Coming Right Up Network, and you catch us every Sunday night, 5.30 p.m. um, on the comingrightup.org website. And while you're there, check out the rest of the shows, like Relevant to Our Interests. They're great. Yeah. Brian, be nice to one another. Let's get on out of here. Goodbye. What's going on, podcast land? If you ask my wife what I own more than anything, she will quickly tell you that it's t-shirts. And guess what? I'm about to add that collection thanks to Faith Attire. Since 2012, Faith Attire has been stacking up an incredible collection of streetwear with a message. T-shirts, hats, baseball tees, the whole nine yards. Their excellence is displayed through their products, but their vision and purpose is even greater. Head on over to faithattire.co to browse their catalog and use the promo code NRP116 to get 15% off your order. That's NRP116. Faith Attire, apparel for the selfless.